Elliot, this film is going to take us into a war-torn Kosovo. And it's really a story of a woman kind of pushing forward. And there's a lot of antiquated beliefs about that. Tell me about the name of this film and why you picked it. Well, I thought the film was terrific. Um, fortunately, I've had a lot of company on that. Uh, it's a triple prize winner at uh, the Sundance Film Festival last year, where it took the, the Grand Jury, Jury Prize for Best Director and the Audience Award, uh, Grand Jury Prize, and so on. What I loved about the movie was the way it took me into a part of the world that I'm not really familiar with and, and a war that is quite possibly confusing um, to a lot of people. And instead of being concerned with all of the political details, the movie is a human journey, uh, a very um, relatable human journey. And after the first few minutes of the picture, you become involved pretty deeply with the story of the woman who is at the center of this drama. Her name's Fari. And she's uh, played by an actress in the movie. And all of the people in the film are actors, but it has a, a documentary feel. And one of the things that, that helps that along is that it's based on a a true story. Po thojnë, ti shko në agimi gjallë, marrë i kisharë pitejë. The director of the film was born in Kosovo, but she was at NYU. She was living in Brooklyn um, and working um, toward her doctorate in film at uh, New York University at the Tisch School of the Arts. And she heard a story on the radio uh, about a woman in Kosovo where so many of the men in, in a small village were missing after the war. Uh, some were found to be dead and, and they tried to use DNA samples to, to find out um, who are the, the corpses and uh, so on that, that are found. But there are a lot of other men who simply disappeared um, or were disappeared for one reason or another. But the reality is that women like Fari have to take care of their families. And they were living in a society that was highly patriarchal and was um, and not a place where women did anything but, but stay in the home and take care of the children and take care of the husbands. And suddenly you have... Um, a village, lots of them, but the film focuses on, on one in particular, in which the men are not there. The men who are still living in the village are yes. older. They are either parents or people who were too old to go into the military or too young to go into the military, but they are maintaining the old views. They are not exactly supportive of the women who are trying to work who are trying to earn a living and take care of families and, and of this woman at the center of the story in particular, Fari, who has decided that one of the, the foods that she knows how to make, that she constantly gets praise for uh, a kind of sauce that's, that's spicy and made out of red peppers um, is terrific. And she manages to get a local grocer to agree to sell it. And she gathers the other women in the village around her and says, look, let's put out a product. Let's divide up the money. Let's make a living. And the men in the village who are really not doing anything 
end up trying to, to ransack her place, destroy her product, ridicule and shame her for getting a driver's license and learning how to drive from one store to another to, to try and take care of her families. In a way, it's an age-old story about sexism, but it's very, very strong and powerful, quietly powerful at first, and it, and it builds as you watch the film, because it is a, about a real person photographed in the locations where the story happened. And you get angry, you get sad, you get caught up in the, the human emotions here, and in how it can tear a family apart. In a sense, it's almost like any kind of unemployment situation, but it's, it's a very different point of view because it is a story about women who under just about any circumstances are oppressed in the societal structure in which they live. But when push comes to shove and it's, it's time to actually talk about living and, and supporting those who are alive around you and standing up as a person to, to do the things that you can do to care for your family and for yourself. Um, the fight is being fought against her. And it's a story about how one woman refused to, to knuckle under to that and said, no, I'm going to you know, clean up the broken glass. I'm going to continue to do this. I'm going to shame the men who uh, regard me as, as an object and just want to you know, have their way with me which, again, is the age-old story. If she wants to get help from someone, uh, then that's what he wants in return. It's, it's depressing, but it's also structured in a way that lets you join hands, in a sense, with the women at the core of this story, that they're not going to let that stop them. You know, the thing I can appreciate about this film is it's pretty tight runtime at 84 minutes. You're talking about a lot of things that it covers in a short span of time. And I point that out because it feels like every movie is two and a half hours long now. <laughs> yep. And the good ones, when they are two and a half or three and a half hour long, feel like they're 83 minutes because you get caught up in them and they move. Um, for a first-time filmmaker, Blerta Bitoli, who made the film, she's done a lot of short films before that have been admired at, at festivals worldwide. This is her first feature, and it shows enormous sophistication on that level because as, as the film begins, like for the first 10 minutes, we're plunged right into her life. We aren't given a narration that tells us the details of, of what the war was about, what year we're in. What's going on? We, we figure those things out for ourselves within the first 10 minutes. And during that time, we see the situation she is in and we discover it through her own experiences. We get caught up in it. It's edited and put together in a way that 83 minutes doesn't feel too short, doesn't feel too long. It's just right for the story that's being told um, on screen here. And she has a real command of, of cinematic language right out of the starting gate. I don't know what they do at NYU, but I can tell you they, they've turned out a lot of great filmmakers. Um, and and you know, this is the second time we've had a, a film um, just in the last couple of weeks 
Iamofe, this is my desire, um, was, was another one um, that was uh, really started and produced and, and wrangled, so to speak, by someone who was an NYU uh, film person uh, who ultimately met a couple of directors from Nigeria and had, they had a story to tell and she made it possible. So I wasn't really setting out to put together a season of films that showed how great a film school can be, but it's starting to turn out that way, at least to a, to a modest degree. And Hive is a wonderful example for people who uh, want to try their hand at filmmaking and, and want to see how it's done on a modest budget um, with actors who, who may not be well-known around the world, but to, to grab an audience's attention and to get us to want to be involved in this story and, and find it so rewarding. And that 83 minutes turns into a, a life experience for us. I've seen it twice now, and I am captivated um, on, on second viewing as I was on the first. Um, and I, I really think it's, it's definitely, definitely, particularly in our time, worth a look and worth a look on the big screen. That's longtime Detroit Film Theater director Elliot Wilhelm talking about the film Hive, which will be screening at the DFT Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You could find all of those showtimes and watch a trailer for the film over at WDET.org. Elliot, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks, Ryan. This is one of those movies I, I hope I can stir people into taking a look at and uh, appreciate the time. <laughs> 